The Bible reading from the Gospel is from the book of James, chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of a horse to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at the ships. Though they are so large, it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird of reptile sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species, but no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison." With it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessings and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth the same opening, both fresh and backwater? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more than can salt water yield fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. The word of the Lord. We have over the last few weeks been reading and working our way through the letter of James. It's an interesting um, epistle because it helps us sort of get a little insight. Um, I always feel like we're a little bit eavesdropping or peeping into what was going on in the early church, that church of the first hundred years of our history. And apparently, in the churches that James was writing to, there was an awful lot of um, issue around the way that the church, the, the people who followed Christ, spoke to one another, spoke about one another. And so James writes this sort of extended treatise on how do we talk I remember hearing a story um, when I was younger 
about a, a small village in England where they were having a lot of issue with gossip in the community that was tearing down the community. And it had been determined that there was one particular person that seemed to be behind a lot of that dissension. And so the priest pulled that person aside and asked that person to do him a favor and said, I've got this feather pillow. If you wouldn't mind taking this feather pillow and dispersing the feathers in it around the town. And so the person went and just all over town dropped thousands of feathers. And then when they came back and said, okay, I've done that. And the priest said, now if you wouldn't mind, go and pick them up. And of course you couldn't possibly. The damage had been done. The feathers were already spread about the village and there was nothing that could be done. And so the priest, of course, cautioned that that is the way with our words. When we start a gossipy thing, it it spreads faster than we can contain, and before we know it, it is out and causing harm. James says, how great a fire is set by so small a flame. How great a problem is created in the church by just one wagging tongue. Now, James, and so often the the sort of uh, ancient Roman and Greek world in which he was speaking, they, they like to draw this huge dichotomy between those things that are spiritual and of God and those things that are earthly and thus contaminated. And indeed, we're, we're part of that part. Now, that is not really faithful in the Judeo-Christian tradition that we're a part of, but in the Roman world, that was very much a part of, of the world to which this epistle writer and Paul wrote about. So, so we sort of, in our tradition, bridge uh, a Jewish understanding that we were born and created good, indeed created in the image of God, that we are holy and pure and, and, and indeed... Um, images of the divine. And yet there is also this part of us, and and all traditions struggle with it, uh, that succumbs to the ways of gossip, envy, hatred, dissension, all of that stuff. And so we're always sort of struggling, and and the scripture writers kind of kind of talk about this repeatedly, this sense of, of tension. And so James makes this point about what we do, that if we are created in the image of God, and indeed we are created in the image of God, and every other person that we meet is created in the image of God, then we should speak to them and speak in such a manner that we represent God and that indeed we Uh, reflect God and that we honor God in the persons that we are talking to. And so there is a a tension going on spiritually and in the, the community at large, this sense of what do we do with our words? I don't know about you, but in the course of my lifetime, many wonderful things have been said to me. Words of love and words of grace, words that, that affirmed my, my goodness in, 
in the world and, and people just sharing a positive and loving word that really lifted my spirit. I've also had words said to me that were hurtful and were mean-spirited and harmful. Sadly, it is those latter ones that I remember more because words kind of stick with us. And it's the harmful ones that, that, that stick almost like arrows. I can sort of dismiss the kind words, oh, that's, that's very nice of you. But the ones that hurt are the ones that, and that stick, unfortunately, can be the ones that are unkind. I think of words as being things. That a word is not just spoken, it sticks it, it, it sort of resides in a room. I remember hearing Maya Angelou talk about when she hosts a dinner party at her house, and if she hears any level of gossip, any level of just a, a joke that's a little off color or something, she will stop it immediately because she doesn't want that spirit in her house. And they may try to laugh it off as it was just a joke, but it's not. She doesn't want that thing sticking in her home. So when I think of the words that we are surrounded with in our culture, we're we're at a time when we are inundated with words and lacking in silence. So many of us, from the moment we wake up in the morning, perhaps we turn on the TV and we tune into the latest 24-hour news cycle, and we get in our cars and we turn on the radio and we go for a walk and we've got something going in our ears and... We pick up our phones and we check Twitter and we check Facebook and we check everything and we are words, 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 words. And not all of those words are kind and not all of those words are true and some of those words are divisive, mean-spirited. Of course, words can have the power to motivate us and inspire us to lift our spirits with a vision of hope and grace and and light, and words can divide us and demean us and diminish our capacity for hope and grace and peace. And so I think that James is trying to get at this whole spirit of what do we do with our mouths? And maybe we don't think about it that much. I've often heard it reminded that we have two ears and one mouth so that we should use our ears for listening twice as much as our mouths for speaking. And yet, as I said, we're in a world where we are saturated with words, some of them hateful and mean and unhelpful to lifting up the body. So I want to invite you to be thinking about your words What do your words reveal about your character? What do they say about the person that you are in the world? Words that we use when we're speaking to one another in person, words that we use when we're texting with one another, words that we use when we are posting on social media, words that we use when we are interacting in the world. How how do we use our words. I also want you to be thinking about the words that you say to yourself. 
Sometimes those words can be awfully harmful. James, as I've said, is always reminding us that we are created in the image of God. And thus our words should reflect the image of God. Now that's a high calling, and, and James kind of warns about that, that that's a, that's a, it's a high calling to, to use your mouth in a way that, that honors the divine in you and the divine in others. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful about that. But how do your words reflect who you are? How do your words reflect who God is in your life? Do your words reflect that you are created in the image of God? And what are the words that you hear others saying? Because everybody's talking. What do they say? about who they are? What do they reveal about what they believe about God and other people? Is your tongue a blessing to you and to others? Or is your tongue a curse to you and to others? It's a challenging time, friends. The world is very divided. And I want to invite you and us, this community, to be a place of careful words, words of grace and peace and hope, words that bring unity, that inspire us to be better people, people that know ourselves to be created in the image of God and that know other people to be created in the image of God. James is speaking to a a church 2,000 years ago, but he is also speaking to us. He is speaking to us here at Riviera and us here in the United Methodist Church and even indeed to us as a country. How are we using our words, our, our speech, to uplift and uphold, to strengthen and encourage one another? The greatest lie I was ever told as a child was that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. We all know that's not true. It wasn't then and it's not now. So I want to invite you, encourage you to be thinking about your words, thinking about what your words say about what you believe, And use your tongue, your speech, your presence in the world to be persons of grace and hope and peace in a very hurting and troubled world. Let us pray. Gracious God, James's words are a caution to us about something we take so for granted, our ability to speak to voice our opinions and our ideas. Help us, God, to be mindful. Mindful of what we say, what we write, what we post, how we live our lives in a way that that lifts up one another, that bears witness to your grace in our lives and in the lives of other people. May our speech reflect your goodness. May our words honor you in all that we say and all that we do. In Christ's name, amen.